Hello, and welcome to a very exciting episode of Locked on Spartans. It is, oh no, it's Thursday. Sorry, Matt. I don't know what day it is. <laughs> it, it doesn't hand. matter. I have I no clue what day it is. drunk <laughs> off Luke Fickle tweets. Um, mm. It's it's mm. Thursday, February 6, 2020. As you listen to this, it is 10 p.m., 10.08 p.m. Wednesday night as Matt and I record this. So, mm-hmm. I think we waited long enough so that if something happened that rendered this entire podcast meaningless, um, it wouldn't be our fault. Like if we did a show at seven and at eight thirty news broke, that's our fault. But we waited long enough. Ten is a good. Where I feel like yeah. yeah, I feel like we're safe going through this. And if something happens, um, we'll try our darndest whenever to get an emergency pod up as soon as possible. It might just be me doing something real quick, immediate reaction, and then getting mad on, and then we'll go from there. It's kind of a kind of a big uh, big thing going on here, Matt. I, I would say so. Oh, my. Wow. Fickle fever's really got you <laughs> under under the weather now. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't even think I got to the point where I said that my name is Will Hunter. I'm joined by my fickle co-host, Matt mm. Sheehan. Ooh. I see what you're doing here. All right. All right. Matt, what's up? Ah, just just being just being fickly, you know. That's all. <laughs> just that's all. Just no, it's it's, been, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun today. It, it has been a, <laughs> a blast. This this whole day has. I always kind of wondered like what a coaching search would be like because yeah. the Lord knows it's been forever since basketball and football was like back in 07. I was like Pre-twitter. a freshman in high school. I no what uh, freshman sophomore in high school. Like I I don't really have much memory of it. I'm sure it was crazy, but certainly wasn't on the internet at the capacity that I am yeah. these days. So, whoo, this is a brand new rodeo for us. And <laughs> I got to say, this is great. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, um, enjoying it. Um, it's a weird thing. We can actually talk about that, that dynamic in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about this coaching search. We're going to talk about the day on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Brooks from 24-7 Sports is going to join us. Um, Matt and I recorded with him earlier in the day. Uh, and we went long, so what we're going to do is halfway through segment two, we're just going to segue on into the Stephen Brooks interview and uh, and go from there. So we got a segment and a half of me and Matt, and then we'll bring in Brooksy for the uh, Sheehan-Brooks reunion, which was just beautiful. They told each other they loved each other. Uh, and we meant it, yeah. It was it was a very beautiful moment, but here we are. It was touching, I got to be honest. Um yeah. So, reminder to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can find Locked on Spartans wherever you get podcasts. Um, thanks so much to everyone checking out the shows um, who's not a regular listener. Uh, the numbers, expectedly, were off the freaking charts on Wednesday because of what is going on and the fact that we put out two shows. But thanks, everyone, for tuning into the show. We hope you like it enough to hit that subscribe button. Matt. Will? You are uh, apparently... The I, I nominated you the vice admiral of flight yes. tracker season. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you for that, by the way. I was I was flattered to get that title. <laughs> this is something we've seen happen at a, a thousand programs across the country. Mm-hmm. You know, dozens every single year. Um, coaching search, tracking flights, speculation, message boards, wildness, and like you said, it has not happened in East Lansing. Ever uh, yeah. since the internet was born, and this sort of stuff really took off the way it has. So, 
What uh, I had a blast on Twitter. Just, oh, this is great. It, I I burned my phone's battery up like three times, and I never do that. Um, just having a ball. Like I was sitting at the gym waiting to run uh, a few miles, and I was like, I can't get off Twitter right now. This is so much fun. What was your favorite part uh, of the day? Oh, I think just overall that like everyone is treating Fickle like he's a deity, and like there is no like debate of is this the guy we really want like everyone is so all in on fickle and i absolutely love it (laughs) like this is great because honestly i think we all know this it's like this is the best case scenario that could have happened if it does happen like narduzzi okay people would have been split on that uh you know other names like sala i don't even think that was a realistic name whatever but yeah the, the most realistic name was Fickle, and that is who everyone is rallied behind. And just the collective embracing of this idea has been great. Now, just how it's all unfolded has been even better. Like, from the drama of waking up and seeing uh, someone tracking flights from Cincinnati to Lansing, uh, someone tracking flights from Lansing to Minneapolis, and then, oh, hold on, what's going on at 2 o'clock? Oh, Fickle's on Sirius XM Radio? Oh, my God, everyone tuned in. Like, it was insane. And then, like, dissecting every single syllable of that interview, too, was Oh, man, it was great. This, this, has, been, this has been a blast. I, I love this thing. <laughs> Just reading into everything too much sending Mm -hmm. out tweets that are just like i sent out a tweet with a picture of a pickle yes it said minus p plus f like uh, austin smith uh, the best one of the day (laughs) fickle me elmo fickle me elmo (laughs) it was it was right in front of us the whole time it was right for us the whole time and 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 he just sent it it was great uh uh, jd jibber uh luke fickle with uh t-h-i-c-c uh ell that, that's a another strong one too but yeah and just all the rumors too like we we talked about it with Stephen brooks off air but there was a rumor on another message board that you know both of luke fickle's sons uh quit their baseball team <laughs> yes. earlier that day like hell yeah we'll we'll take anything at any face value right now let's, let's just do this thing let's go nuts so man it is oh this has been a blast <laughs> I got to say, I am not proud of, like, some things that I, I did today, one of which is, like, you know, looking up that flight track every 15 minutes. It might have been going to his kid's Twitter page and looking ahead his recent followers more than once today and his uh, likes. It was, you know, looking at Cincinnati players and their followers and their likes and their tweets. Like, I I lived a depraved lifestyle today, but dang it, that's what happens when you're all effing in on a coaching search, baby. We are all in, and... I, I gotta say, it's gonna be a little sad when it ends because oh, I've had so much fun. I know. <laughs> I've it's had so much fun. <laughs> it's been so quick, and you know what? Like, if it turns out that way, and Luke Fickle is hired, um, credit to, and we we can talk a little bit about this. Credit to it, like the process moving that quickly, zeroing in on the target, and getting mm-hmm. the guy. Like, mm-hmm. right? Credit for that for sure. But like, couldn't it have taken like a couple weeks? Like, couldn't we have done this with, I don't know. Uh, Matt Campbell, uh, Robert Sala, uh, Dan Eno, like whatever. It doesn't even sure. matter. Anyone just like getting wild and crazy with rumors before we settled in on someone who's a good hire. Like it's yeah. been absolutely wild. And uh, like we have Pat Narduzzi tweeting out from the Wolf of Wall Street, the scene of him screaming, I'm not going anywhere not with his face poorly photoshopped. <laughs> I'm not leaving. Over Leo, over Leo DiCaprio. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And That's how like, every coaching decision for a coach at Sage should be made, with, with that video, with that poorly of a Photoshop dubbed over it. 
It's fantastic. And like the the, the crazy the, the craziest thing of the day was like very early on it dawned on me like there's no guarantee this happens today either. There's no guarantee this happens in four days. There's no guarantee this happens in three weeks. Really, there's no guarantee this happens at all this offseason. Like this news can come whenever from whoever. Like it was, it's 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 crazy. It's so stressful, and I'm glad that we have gone 13 years or 14 years without this. But man, man, are we getting our money's worth? This is great. It, it I got people like in my DMs all day, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> just like. This is what I'm hearing, and like all this different stuff, asking me ridiculous questions, and mm-hmm. I love it. Um, yeah, and, and again, it's not even a guarantee that Luke Fickle is going to be the coach. Like, who knows? Maybe they don't. Maybe he doesn't really actually want to, and this is all a bunch of crap. Maybe they can't reach a contract. Maybe whatever happens, like yeah. change of heart. Who knows? But it has been absolutely wild. Um, and I, for one, have. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm just like currently responding to DMs right now. Like I don't know. <laughs> like yeah, you do. That. Will, Will, you've been sitting on this since noon. Damn it, we we see right through you. Ah, <laughs> uh, here you go, just stringing us along again. Man, this has been a blast. Uh, it has been a blast. Um, I just sent out a tweet <laughs> like minutes ago. Is this the most excited MSU Twitter, MSU football Twitter has been in the last two years? Oh my God. I, I, I kid you not. Like 20 minutes ago, I, I looked at Sam, my wife, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with MSU football for the first time. Yes. And, yes. and I'm going to be honest, I, 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 last year's Penn State game, maybe. Because <laughs> like, like, even the wins this year, they were like, oh, brother, that was a, not an enjoyable watch. Or it's like, oh, we beat Rock, or Maryland by, oh, that many <laughs> like even even the wins like weren't that enjoyable but uh, this is i'm i'm smiling about msu football huh that's pretty nuts so yeah no, it's 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 good to be back sorry yeah. it had to happen at the expense of d'antonio uh getting ushered out of here. well not getting ushered out but ushering himself out of here but yeah man it's nuts yeah whatever happens with that we'll see if anything i doubt Anything ever really comes uh, of that. Uh, man, this Ross Photoshop of Luke Fickle in mm. an MSU jacket, not the neon one, but the white one. Oh, man. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's just, oh, this is funny. No, um, I'm, I'm all in on this. Well, especially the, the all neon jacket, too, is, is yes. the one that's really popping. It's like, you know, it's gotten so it's gotten so crazy. Like, the fever pitch has been so high that I saw a Photoshop of Luke Fickle in an all neon jacket, and I said, oh, that is a dapper-looking fella. That's a good look. Yes. More neon, please. Like, this is how, like, hysterical I am about this whole thing. Uh, let's uh, pause here. We'll come back and talk more about uh, Luke Fickle, what we think of him. Um and how this may have taken shape. All right, so a half segment here, Matt. So we'll All right. go five minutes, and then we'll dive right into the uh, Stephen Brooks interview. So something we talked about with Stephen a little bit after we got done recording is the idea of how close Luke Fickle is to Mark D'Antonio, mm-hmm. kind of a, a mentor-mentee relationship, definitely. Uh, Fickle was uh, an assistant on the Ohio State staff, a lower-level assistant uh, for two years while D'Antonio was a defensive coordinator there. Obviously, same career path. Ends up as D coordinator Ohio State, takes over the Ohio, uh, Cincinnati head coach job, and now if he does go to Michigan State, he is fulfilling the Ohio defensive coordinator prophecy of one day coaching Michigan State. Um, 
But I think just with Antonio saying he's been working on his resignation announcement for a week, uh, I think it's fair to say this is something that's been mulled over for a couple of years. Sure. Um, people would have been saying, you know, oh, you know, D'Antonio's considering retiring. This might be the last year. Um, and with the closest of those two, I don't think it's wild to think like Luke Fickle has known or had an idea that Michigan State might be coming open in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, should he want to go there, the path was kind of laid out for him due to his relationship with Mark D'Antonio and the success he's had along his career. Like that's obviously first and foremost, but that relationship sort of paved the way there. And I think, you know, Mark D'Antonio may have had some, you know, decent role in all of this. If it, you know, comes to be that Luke Fickle is the next coach at Michigan state. Yeah. And Fickle's obviously a regional guy too. Like he's been in yeah. Ohio for, I don't know how long. And we talk about, you know, is MSU one of the best jobs in the nation i guess like yeah you can make an argument it's a top 30 job for sure but when you regionalize it more to like just the midwest specifically for luke fickle it's got to be up there i mean yeah it's probably not higher than the ohio state job no maybe he'll get that one day but if he gets that one day do you know what that means that means he did a hell of a job at msu (laughs) and he brought us to great heights and you know what hey you've earned it. go to ohio state have some fun there too but yeah i mean of course you have your classics like ohio state Notre Dame, but I, I feel like, yeah, you know, grew up in Ohio, well, has been around Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, I, I feel like this Michigan State job has been desirable for him. I, he wasn't going to stay at Cincinnati forever, or no, maybe he is, no. maybe he is. I don't oh, <laughs> it, it could happen. There's nothing's official yet. Maybe he'd really, really love Skyline Chili. I don't know, but at some point, the guy's going to take a step up. <laughs> he just—it's not is. really a career like destination, like final destination place. I mean, Cincinnati is a great program, great school. He's done a great job there, but. And the the whole like well right now Cincinnati's a better job than MSU like yeah. uh, how up. how Anyone are actual media people someone... having those actual takes are you are you out of your <laughs> mind the guy's getting paid two million at Cincinnati I've seen <laughs> people who are like really legitimately it's credential the craziest who thing. have yes. legit experience like yeah well I'm not so sure he'd want to leave Cincinnati for Michigan State <laughs> like. Okay. Yeah, oh, I would hate to double or triple my salary too, and have way better facilities and be able to recruit and win at a higher level. God, oh, what a what a what a horrible job that would be! Like, yeah. what are, what are we even talking about? Oh, it's going to be a rebuilding program. You're with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. No, you're you're right. Ultra competitive coaches are always just a little shy of of competition and what could be at the other side of the fence when it comes to their competition, like. Can we grow up and, and just start talking real to each other right now? Like, Cincinnati, no disrespect to Cincinnati, you're not a better a, job than MSU. No, Cincinnati is a stepping stone job, and it's a good stepping mm-hmm. stone job. People leave Absolutely. Cincinnati and get good jobs. That's totally fine to be that as a group of five program. That's kind of like the ceiling is like a really good stepping stone. Um, Michigan State, one thing maybe D'Antonio did more than anything else is like Michigan State is kind of a destination now. Like, yeah, it could be a stepping stone to something. Uh, certainly like the NFL, if you want to go to that level, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, there are, you know, a number of programs where like, yeah, I'm going to leave Michigan state and I'm going to take over at Ohio state. I'm going to leave Michigan state and be the head coach at Notre Dame. Like there sure. are certainly programs that you could see it, but like, if you go to Michigan state now and you recruit well and do a good job, like you're among the best teams in the best or second best division in all of college football. And like, You've got a, a, an obvious path to the playoff every single year. All you got to do is win the conference. Like, 
Mm-hmm. It's not in like I've seen a lot of like, oh, really? Someone is going to want to take that job and compete with Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State. It's like, okay, Ohio State yep. is on its own level uh, there. Uh, Michigan State has gone to the playoff. Michigan State's won more Big Tens than both Penn State and Michigan in the last like, twenty years. Like people forget that. Yep. People forget that. Like you can win there now. It's just been proven. Like you just you know. Recruit a little better than D'Antonio did, and you could probably sustain it better. And, like, yeah, like, Luke Fickle, here, this is a, the one stat that I'll give on recruiting, and then we'll bring in Stephen Brooks here. What a segue. Um, nice. Yeah, the the one thing that I think, like, I'm most excited about is the fact that he's kind of an ace recruiter. Uh, Cincinnati's recruiting class, recruiting class this year uh, in the 24-7 composite is ranked 40th in the country. So dating back to 2009, and I only went back that far because before that, things kind of get hairy with conference realignment and and all that. So kind of in the modern era, the last decade, two recruiting classes have been ranked higher among G5 programs, right? Non-Power 5 schools. 2016, Mm -hmm. Houston, because they had five-star at Oliver. That'll help. Yep. That'll help. And then they had uh, three other four stars as well, and that was the H-Town takeover with um, Ed Oliver being a Houston native. And certainly Cincinnati's got two four-stars that are Cincinnati kids. That helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a five-star top six player in the entire country going to Houston, that certainly swings thing. And even that Houston team was 36th, so they weren't, like, way up there. And then 2010 BYU had 26 prospects in their class, um, a wow. lower average prospect ranked than this 2020 Cincinnati class. They were ranked 33rd, so... Uh, it's one of the best, G, like as good as like PJ Fleck did in recruiting and all that. Like Luke Fickle has put together an amazing class. Got two kids to turn down Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, everyone to come to Cincinnati, and that's that's really impressive. And I think with the brand, like the brand of Michigan State football is is still pretty strong. I think you can get in some rooms and be able to recruit some kids and win some battles against these uh these top programs and bring in a consistent top 20-ish, you know, somewhere 18 to 22 that range recruiting class and then you build and maybe you bring in a top 12 class, top 15 class and you go from there. That sounds all fantastic to me. Yes. Yeah, sounds fantastic and realistic and we'll uh we'll see what happens? Everyone is just going wild in my mentions right now. <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah, yeah. This has been um, the day. <laughs> let's uh, let's bring in Stephen Brooks of Twenty Four Seven Sports Okay, we are very pleased to be joined now by Stephen Brooks, friend of the show from Twenty Four Seven Sports Michigan State reporter over there. Stephen, how are you doing? I imagine the last uh, day or so has been pretty exhausting for you. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Uh, this is my first time covering a coaching search. Uh, uh-huh. capacity, so it's pretty much as bad as everybody uh, made it out to be, uh, just in terms of sort of the, you're always looking over your shoulder. I, I don't feel like I could go. Um, I was away <laughs> from my computer for five minutes, and, and uh, Pat Narduzzi tweets out this amazing Wolf of Wall Street uh, yeah. meme video deal. And, uh, and by the time I got back to my computer, that was like, 15 minutes old on Twitter and it had already made the rounds and I was like, Oh man, uh, you know, so you're just kind of paranoid and, uh, always working. Yeah. It's, it's been an experience so far, uh, 24 hours into it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it kind of sounds like you're coaching Michigan state football. Yeah. 24 seven. I'm just, I'm riding my own wave. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> that's what I feel like. And, and I really haven't come up for air yet. So it's 
Um, let's start right there. We'll get into some re- recruiting stuff uh, as well. Just what was your reaction um, when you heard that Mark D'Antonio was resigning? Did you have any inkling beforehand or when you saw the tweet, was that the first you had heard uh, officially that it was happening? I had gotten uh, a little message earlier in the day and I pretty much shrugged it off mm-hmm. um, just because it sounded so outlandish that the day before signing day. I just, yeah. And so I didn't get anything, uh, you know, that I felt worth worthy of reporting, obviously, or anything like that. And I mean, he kept it really close. So there's not really much of a way anybody could have had, could have known. I mean, he was recruiting on Saturday um some staff members did not know until the tuesday for sure and everything so mm-hmm. they played it really close um i found out at home then so yeah i was sort of on alert and uh when fortunately i was sitting right at my laptop at that moment looked down at my phone i keep you know, i get a million twitter notifications luckily i checked that one and uh it was a big one and it was kind of just yeah unceremonious and, and like bizarre it was surreal it just didn't feel real, you know, for a long time. And I'm sure for a lot of folks, it still doesn't. It was just kind of, just kind of not the way you pictured it going. Brooks, my man. Um, so we're just like kind of dumb fans, kind of on the outside, just only <laughs> speculating. You're actually in the fray. Uh, were you at the press conference yesterday? And if you were, I know he threw around the word celebration. Did, did it have that kind of feel for it? Did it feel like a different press conference? Or what was like the mood in that press conference? Just to jump ahead to that moment. No, yeah, I was there. Um, no, it did not feel like a celebration uh, in any way. Um, that, gotcha. And that was probably one of the most awkward moments where he sort of interjected and, and threw that out there because he was getting questioned uh, in a way that he didn't, you know, clearly he was getting questions he didn't want to answer. Um, so, yeah, if it was a celebration, uh, I didn't really get that memo or get that vibe. Um, it felt more like the some of the post games I was at this year and we yeah. probably you know, was at most of them just uh, a defeated guy a guy that looked and seemed tired and sort of the spark had had died a little bit um, and uh, just again just a guy that's defeated and sort of knew he didn't have the didn't want to go find the answers basically he was just willing to say I'm content with it you know um, after that Illinois game and Arizona State like he just looked sort of, I'm going to say it again, defeated. Like, And, and that yeah. was something that I think folks had said uh, they hadn't seen from him in quite a while. Uh, Steven, what did you think? Uh, I actually, by the way, I had someone text me this morning um, about the celebration line saying, sounds like a dad who's taking his family to Disney World and it's just a nightmare week vacation and he's just shouting in the back of the seat, we're having fun this week. <laughs> Like that's pretty pretty spot on. What did you make of his um, his uh, rationale for the timing? You know, signing day, the break there, the year starts there. Um, I, I Matt and I weren't the biggest fans of that. I think it's um, really tough to sell that as the appropriate time to uh, announce a resignation. What did you make of the timing? Do you think this was truly his plan uh, the last few months? Uh, it's not a great time, no. Uh, but I mean, when is you know that's something mm-hmm. that there is never a good time. I get that, but I mean, after game twelve, surely would have been better, probably. Um, in the long run, you know, maybe not for the twenty twenty recruiting class, but in the long run, you know, if he did, if he does after that uh, season from the regular season finale, and, and maybe the new guy can come in and cobble some stuff together, and then he has the full second signing period. 
mm-hmm. uh, maybe after the bowl game would have been better. You know, there's still uh, drawbacks to each of those. So it is what it is. It was interesting to hear in his mind that he called it a reset time. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're kind of teetering into, you know, <laughs> getting things in motion, aren't you? But I, what he was saying, you know, he's never been the most articulate. You, do, you sort of have to read between the lines on some things. Basically, he was just saying, it's like, I don't want to get the 2021 class rolling and even pick up one or two kids here maybe in the next few weeks or months and uh, and then not end up being their coach or definitely not by year two or three or something. So from that from that aspect, it made sense. It just seems like, yeah, he is putting the school behind the eight ball a little bit and uh, definitely his assistants are in a bad spot probably if a whole new regime comes in. And uh, those 19 kids he signed in December, you know, probably aren't the happiest um, after binding NLIs back then. So. Yeah, the, you know, there's just, there's a lot of problems with it, but I don't know. Uh, like I said, if it's ever really a great time to do it, I guess. That, that's a perfect setup for my next question. It's almost like I gave this to you before we even started recording. Um, obviously, the, some players, former players, uh, some current players posted on Twitter, Instagram, just thanking Coach D for everything. And obviously you don't have to name names or anything, but have you like heard any rumblings of players that aren't so thrilled about this or anyone, especially – you know, the 19 kids had just committed, like you said. Like, have you heard any rumblings, or has it all been kind of quiet on that front? I have not heard any outright, like, I'm mad, you know, yeah. or, you know, I've heard of basically, you know, what the heck, it, you know, what the heck. Um, I'm surprised. I'm sort of, you know, you know, my legs get knocked out from under me a little bit, but I haven't heard much outright, like, anger or um, resentment or anything. I think uh, a good amount of them had to at least have an idea. I mean, they were hearing it in recruiting. Um, they, I'm sure they saw all the stuff in the media throughout the season and everything. Um, you know, you'd have to be going in fairly naive to not think it was at least in the realm of possibility. Um, I had one person tell me, you know, that they were proud to be just remembered as part of D'Antonio's last recruiting class. So take that for whatever it's worth and, and sort of what uh, he stood for and everything. I'll never play a game for him, but – he said that was something uh, that meant something to him. So That's a there's a lot of people nice that were still, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people that, uh, from what the, the sense that I got was, um, you know, surprised and all that, but uh, at least in the initial aftershock, uh, just sort of grateful for the opportunity and, and appreciated the relationship. Let's use this as a segue to turn to the 2020 recruiting class. Um, it's not totally finished because we don't know Jordan Simmons uh, running back commit has not um, come out. He's reevaluating the situation as you would kind of expect or think as, as would totally logical decision there. So Jordan Simmons is sort of reevaluating and seeing where things stand, probably waiting for some news on the uh, coaching front search, but you know, for all intents and purposes, the, the class is kind of full. Uh, it, it's done. We're not expecting anything earth shattering to happen with it. We'll see what happens uh, if and when a new coach uh, is hired. But what do you make of this class, the the couple of guys they added in the late period here? Um, you know, what is just your overall take on this class now that we kind of know exactly what it is? Yeah, I think I might write something on this, uh, but I'm happy to discuss it with you guys. I think, you know, it'll sort of be that last um, I don't have the right words, I guess, so maybe I should hold off on writing it. But uh, <laughs> it'll just sort of be that last, you know, thumbs up or thumbs that last sort of stamp of approval, um, or not, on D'Antonio's eye for talent and his ability to mine those gems. Because let's be honest, 
there are a lot of kids in this class, you know, you could maybe even say close to half are sort of, um, you know, uh, high, you know, big time gambles for the most part, you know, yeah, guys that, projects. that weren't surefire. Yeah. Projects weren't surefire big 10 kids. Um, especially you're looking at the two new guys today, Donovan Eaglin and, and Josiah Robinson. Those are both guys who had uh, almost no D1 opportunities. Uh, Avery Dunn fits in that category. Justin Stevens, um, you know, a guy who's played tackle for one year is going to be coming to the Big Ten. So Montori Foster came out of a basketball gym to be a D1 wideout all of a sudden. So um, maybe, you know, all these guys, and they do have some unique stories, um, maybe, you know, a good number of them pan out and uh, it'll just be sort of that final, like I said, stamp of approval that the D'Antonio era basically was defined by his ability to identify and, and mine overlooked talent. Um, and if that doesn't, if that's not how this class turns out and the ranking sort of holds up and it, it is just sort of a, a lower, uh, lower level of talent than, than what they've been acquiring, then, you know, then they'll sort of solidify things the other way. And just that, uh, that's really where the program lost its way these last four years and wasn't able to, you know, have the Jimmy's and Joe's to compete quite honestly at the end of the day. That's such a great phrase, the Jimmy's and the Joe's. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Thank you. Are you serious? Wow, no, I, I was worried it was going to be a show, yeah. You gotta be kidding me, huh? No, I've never heard someone say, yeah, they just didn't have the Jimmys and Joes to compete. Oh my god, no, you never heard yeah, it's it's not the X and no, it's the Jimmys and Joes. Oh yeah. my god, that's horrible and I love it. Oh no, that's yeah. great. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's what I felt bad saying it. <laughs> um I, I think my thoughts in the re- recruiting class are pretty wide known, very underwhelmed as uh, you know, as well as a lot of other state fans out there. But but you know, we like to be positive here. It, is there like any position group in this class that you think really has some solid players? I, I know obviously that's a tough spot to put you in right now is to predict what high school kids are going to be great in college. But is there like any group or any side of the ball? I guess if you want to broaden it to that, um, that you're kind of somewhat impressed with uh, in this cycle. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, Hey, that's what we do. That's why we're even talking about these guys. Uh, that's what, that's the whole fun of it. Um, I think wide out is the position that you're going to be looking at from this class. Uh, Ricky white, I think is going to come in, uh, going to end up as a big steal out of Georgia. I think a lot of schools in that region are going to be upset. That they didn't take a longer look or an earlier look at him. Um, and again, that's just like I was just saying, Michigan State was one of the first power fives to get in on him. And then, you know, the SEC really started coming, calling as a senior, and uh, they were able to hang on to him because of that early relationship. So this class will be defined sort of by whether or not that eye for talent um, comes through. But anyway, Whiteout, Ricky White out of Georgia, uh, I think he'll be a good player. Ian Stewart, I think, uh, once he learns, you know, figures out his body and, and, and dedicates himself to Whiteout and everything, I think he can be really good. Um, he reminds you a lot of Cody White. Uh, just physically and then Terry Lockett I think is a smooth slot guy that can come in and contribute right away and uh, you know he's definitely a big 10 caliber receiver and then Montori Foster like I said he's one of these uh, gems that has a really high ceiling you don't know what you're going to get out of him he's played one year of uh, varsity football and hadn't played since middle school before that so raw at the position but he's a a high level basketball player so he's a good athlete seemed to transition well as a senior so you don't really know what you're going to get with him, but you know, you, you know that he's not even close to what he will be. So that's what, that's like I said, for a lot of these guys, Avery Dunn, Justin Stevens, you know, they're nowhere close to what they will be. And whether that's anything good at the end, we'll see, but they got a long way to go. So 
That's why I'd say though, wide out. Uh, and then followed by D line. There's a lot of D linemen. Cool. I'll take that. Stephen Brooks, 24-7 Sports, uh, with us here on Locked On Spartans. Last thing, and we'll get you out of here, um, because as as we record this, it's 8.50 p.m. on Wednesday, and all of it could be completely rendered mute and meaningless in minutes. We're all just sitting here kind of like, is something going <laughs> to happen? Um, so let's do – we're doing this last because I could easily edit it out if I need to, but just give me your feel on this coaching search, how it's played out, um, and you know, what you're feeling about Luke fickle or, you know, we kind of, you alluded to the Narduzzi video. He's sounds like he's staying at Pitt. Um, Matt Campbell from Iowa state told him, no, um, what's your sort of vibe on this coaching search? Yeah, I still, uh, get the feeling, uh, from what I know and what I've been told and what I've been finding out today, um, that it basically the situation is it, is it would be his, you know, on a silver platter, um, you know, as Luke soon as Fickle, he makes that, that known, Luke Fickles, yeah, on a silver platter. As soon as he makes that known, um, they're they're working with a search group, and um, I'm confident that they're, you know, uh, you know that they're that they're Fickle people, uh, or would see see a match there. Um, I think MSU as well, you know, sees that match. So, you know, he's making two million something, maybe two million even. D'Antonio is making four, north of four. Mm-hmm. You're definitely going to give him a pay bump if he's the guy. Obviously, the resources, um, the Big Ten stage. I think he'd be a home run type of guy. You know, it's, I don't really like using that phrase because you you never know with these things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he'd be about as good of a, pay, a higher on paper as you could ask for. He's basically a younger, sort of a more innovative D'Antonio or more adaptable maybe. Just just more mm-hmm. modern really in every way. So yeah, if they could pull that off, I think it'd be a huge. All right. He is Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com. Read his work. Do you guys have any uh, off-season sales going on right now? You guys generally do. Is there anything you want to promote? We do. We do. Uh, yeah, right now we're doing 60% off. Uh, that should still be going tomorrow by the time you guys look for this. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, you can always get your first month for a dollar and uh, check us out. That way our VIP subscription, or uh, like I said, the better value is the one year, and we're usually running discounts on that. So. Basically, just check us out at SpartanTailgate.com, and, and you'll find your way there. Right on. Uh, Stephen Brooks, 247sports.com, Spartan Mag. Not Spartan Mag, SpartanTailgate.com. Don't go to Spartan Mag, SpartanTailgate.com. Thanks so much t- uh, for the time, Stephen. We appreciate it, as always. Good to have you back on the show. Absolutely, man. Good to talk to you. Good to link up with Sheehan for the first time. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm honored. I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Love you, Stephen. You're the man. <laughs> Love you, too, man. All right, thanks again to Stephen Brooks from 247sports.com. You're not hearing Matt right now because he stopped his recording like an idiot, doesn't pay attention. He's currently laughing in a Skype call in my ears right now while I'm talking to you, uh, trying to apologize for his idiocy. So, yeah, that's why you're not hearing Matt right now. But that's the end of the show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back whenever Michigan State has a new head coach or Friday morning. Uh, There's a basketball game going on this weekend, Matt, and I know you can't respond, but uh, yeah, kind of a big one. So we'll probably (laughs) silence. He says silence is his response. We will try to uh, squeeze in some Michigan State, Michigan basketball talk as well uh, on tomorrow's show. So that's going to do it. You'll hear from us as soon as you hear from us. Check your phone, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, And thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Spartans. We will see you tomorrow.